The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, what is up, Cowboys Nation? Welcome to another episode of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're coming live to you from the SWBC podcast studio at the beautiful and yet very rainy star uh, at Frisco. Today, I'm joined by my two amazing co-hosts, of course, Christy Scales and Aisha Morrison. I'm Jess Navarez. Ladies, I wish we were talking Victory Monday today, Uh, you know. Coming off of a loss uh, to the Green Bay Packers, of course, 31-28, the Cowboys fell short in an overtime loss that almost felt equivalent to a playoff loss, really, uh, when when you just look at how, how down everybody is right now. But we're here to talk all things Green Bay Packers, Dallas Cowboys. We're going to break down the good, the bad, the ugly, what needed work. Of course, I want to jump right in with you, Christy, because you were there at Lambeau Field. What was the atmosphere like? You know, I, I know changing quarter to quarter maybe was it more of a roller coaster of emotions what did you notice from the sidelines right off the bat it really wasn't until the middle of the fourth quarter that it felt more lambo like uh when they play jump around and roll out the barrel mm. and really uh, there were a lot more cowboy fans than there normally are at lambo oh, now I, yeah, yeah. And i'm not saying it was a cowboy takeover by any means but uh there were a lot of the Fans, uh, I'm told by locals there in Green Bay that after they had lost to Detroit the week before and five in a row for the Packers, that that spurred a lot more uh, season ticket holders to sell their tickets behind the visiting bench. And so it was a it was a really nice showing by the Cowboys fan base. They were in the stadium early and it got pretty loud. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, finally, they had the Packers uh, had stuff to cheer for, and so it felt Lambo-like uh, there near the end of the game. But I just uh, look at yesterday's loss as wasted opportunity and just more evidence of this team is not good enough to overcome self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. What are the things that we talk about the most on Mondays? We talk about turnover differential and what happens after those turnovers, the points off, you know, 14 points in the first half for uh, the Packers off of Cowboys turnovers. Uh, and then those penalties, particularly uh, fourth quarter and then overtime, shooting yourselves in the foot when you're really driving in overtime and uh, maybe not even have to settle for a field goal, but maybe taking it in and instead uh, go for it on fourth down, don't get the call, and then – Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, it was it was just a very frustrating, disappointing end to the game. And I can tell you, ladies, it was a very quiet ride home on the flight yes. last night on the team charter. Would definitely imagine so. Christy, I know a lot of the conversation going into this game was weather. And from what I could see when I was checking the weather during the game, the feels-like temperature felt like 25 degrees. I think the actual temperature, the actual air temperature was in the 30s. Do you think weather had any kind of impact in this game, whether it be physically or mentally for these players? Only in regards to how it affects the kicking game. Mm. Also, it that field is can be a bit slippery. And so by the end of pregame warm-ups, I 
we heard some players expressing concern about it being slippery. It's a natural grass field, but they Kentucky bluegrass. It looked beautiful when we first arrived, and but then by the end of warmups, you've already got some divots out there. But what they do is they sew in some synthetic blades into it so it's kind of a a combination of natural grass and synthetic they reinforce it with the synthetic to make it stand up better Uh, the heating element that's underneath the field they uh, had uh, redone a few years ago but in the it it wasn't so much uh, cold it's just that it gets kind of dewy and slick and so you saw Throughout the game. Yeah, there were players slipping. Yeah, yeah. Deron Bland slipped on that last one yeah, uh, yeah. there. and But that. it was happening for both sides. You know, Aaron Jones, the Packers yeah. running back, slipping, trying to make some cuts. So that so, uh, in that way, it was an issue. Also, at the end of the game, where Brett Maher, it wasn't really windy. That It was really mm. calm and still for most of the game. But what happens is when it's cold – the ball is heavier. Mm. It doesn't travel as far. You've got a potential slick surface there. The kicks going that direction, that was north. It was to the Cowboys' right, and they just weren't traveling as much. The kickoffs weren't traveling as far. Sure. The, the Mason Crosby miss, I, that was less of a weather thing, and that's because he's been battling a bad back. Sure. But um, – but, Really, I would say only in the kicking game where was the weather and the slippery conditions that big of an issue. Yeah, did you um, did you think that? I mean, obviously, hopefully, we'll get a chance to get with him this week. But I wonder if that affected you know Cavante Turpin at all. Mm. A couple returns. times yeah. he, he um, lost and his so footing. I think it yeah. and I, I think actually I think spe- uh, special teams were. Um, I think they hurt a lot more than they helped this game as well. But um, to your point, Christy, I wanted to when you start talking about this game. It, it somehow became a playoff atmosphere, it kind of sounds like. like It felt like the, the Packers rose to the occasion because no one expected for them to play to the level that they did. And this, the stakes of this game felt higher. And um, to me, going up against this team with this level of quarterback somewhat, you know, gave us an idea of what this team was. Like we always say, like week eight, week nine, you start seeing what your team was and what we saw were the mistakes led to them not being able to battle back. They overcame it. And then, you know, the defense, the run defense reared its ugly head. And I guess we'll definitely get down to that. But um, this is a disappointing loss just because I felt like for me personally, it really refocused what what this team needs to work on. And everything that we've kind of been mentioning for the last couple of weeks kind of showed up showed up in this game and they just weren't over to overcome it at the end so sure and what I wanted to ask you all is uh, I I have managed to stay off of Cowboys Twitter for the last Mm -hmm. 12 hours or so because it is just not a fun place post Cowboys loss I mean let's be honest not fun right now to be but from what I did see um, I I noticed a lot of people comparing this game as a blueprint game potentially for the Cowboys and exposing a lot of those weaknesses I wanted to get uh, both of your inputs on what you think about that and if you think this was a blueprint game or like you said Aisha do you think it was simply just the Cowboys not fixing the issues that we've seen. I mean, what is your take on that? And then Christy will go to you. I'm going to say, I'm going to echo what Michael Parsons said last night in his interview. And until that, he said, until we fix it, it's not going to change. Sure. And yeah. when you look at the run, like specifically what teams have done um, attacking the run defense of the Cowboys, 
yeah, schematically they're doing things to put them in, in spots where they have to make decisions. Unfortunately, they're just not making the right decisions. But then also there's there's some discipline that comes into play. It's guys playing their assignment, playing their gap, you know, doing their job. It's also tackling. Like, as a collective, they are not – it seems like a lot of individuals playing right now and not them playing as a whole and even mm-hmm. floating to the ball at the same time, playing for your brother, holding your gap until your guy can make the play. And so it's – um. Um, they, they like we've talked about it, and we've heard uh, even Demarcus Lawrence talk about it on one hundred five three point three. The fan they've been very vocal about being accountable. Well, it's now to see. It's now time to see it on the field. Oh, that's beautifully said, uh, Christy. What is your take on that? Do you think this was more of a blueprint game, or you know, just a series of events that led to the loss? Well, you know, Aaron Jones in the previous two games that he played against the Cowboys, he was averaging six point one yards a carry. Yeah. So he's he's no joke. And then yeah. Dylan, AJ Dylan, a very physical back. I, there were times yesterday, and again, I'm speaking from the perspective watching from the sideline sure. where uh, there were yards after contact, guys moving forward. So instead of top, stopping them for a two-yard gain, it's, like it's a four or a or five, five yard gain, mm-hmm. or maybe stopping them for no gain or a one-yard loss, it's a two or three-yard gain. They got some dirty yards, and that's what we talk about with Zeke Elliott, right? Yep. You know, it's, yep. it's it ain't pretty, but it's effective. And so, um, I, but I think it, when, just to your point of it being a, a blueprint, I think it's when you look ahead at the Cowboys' schedule and mm-hmm. what's coming up when you know that you've got Derrick Henry for Tennessee, you know, coming up after uh, Christmas, and then this week, Dalvin Cook. Oh, my gosh. You yeah. know, I mean, there, there's some good uh, – the the rookie for Houston, he's no joke. He's uh, – Pierce is a candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to get more challenging as the Cowboys go along. But any team, a quarterback's best friend is a run game. Okay? Yep. And yep. so if, if you tell me, Christy, Dak's going to throw for 300 yards – or Zeke and Tony or Tony and Malik are going to combine for 170 rushing yards. Give me the rushing yards every time. Yeah. Okay? Because sure. it means that you're controlling the line of scrimmage, mm. controlling the clock. Usually when quarterbacks put up big, big numbers, it's because they have to. Yeah. Because they don't have a ground game. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're not spilling any secrets here. Like Aisha said, Micah, everybody was talking about it post game last night. They know they've got to stop the run. But yeah. knowing it doing it are two different things absolutely and taking a quick look at these stats right now uh, the Cowboys had 421 total yards 262 of those were passing yards and to your point 159 were rushing yards the Cowboys were averaging 5.3 yards per play and something that I think for me personally obviously uh, aside from the penalties that was disappointing was the Cowboys honed in on this third down efficiency against the Bears. They overcame that, and that was something that really was a point of emphasis pre-bye week. You look at it now, well, their third down efficiency, they were 5 of 15 during the Green Bay Packers game. And look, look, I I do want to give defense uh, some credit there too because the Packers were 6 of 13 Mm -hmm. in their third down efficiency as well. So Both teams struggling on those third downs there. But I think that, again, when you see the Cowboys staying behind the sticks, not getting those chances to play, this is exactly what happens. And so, um, yeah, definitely a point of emphasis that I think we're going to have to reemphasize going into the Vikings game, especially a very tough game uh, for this Cowboys team that, uh, 
<sighs> yeah, unfortunately, this is the cards that we have been dealt now. But all good. Turning the page, and, and uh, Aisha, to your point, I was looking at some of those press conferences before we got here, and a very frustrated Mike McCarthy post-game, especially when talking about those penalties. I know, ladies, beating a dead horse, just talking about penalties again, but really, penalties were a killer. You talk about self-inflicted wounds, you have nine penalties for 83 yards, the Packers had six for 40 yards, and and it's the penalties, sure, but it's the pre-snap penalties, and what I really, when you were talking about this game, Aisha, I, something that stood out to me was, it was a game of emotion, and I think a lot of that really played with a lot of these penalties. I think these guys went in wanting to get this win so bad for their coach, and I love that. I love the emotion. It's just the timing of the penalties was absolutely killer. And, you know, Mike McCarthy said in his post-game interview, you have good big play penalty. Take it back. And the Cowboys just could not find a way to get ahead of the stick. So, there was that as well. Um, just plenty, plenty more to dive into. So I'm going to go ahead and take the first break. When we come back, we are going to talk about key moments that impacted this game and how the Cowboys could have maybe adjusted in the half. Uh, we will have all that and more coming up in just a bit. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are getting into key moments that impacted this game, as well as 
that fourth down call from Coach Mike McCarthy in overtime. We will get all into that. But first, let's talk Cowboys Christmas extravaganza. Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas extravaganza powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night from December 18th through December 17th, Cowboys Christmas extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable Gettable holiday performance showcasing the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, your favorite Dallas Cowboy football heroes, and, of course, Santa Claus, too. Please visit thestardistrict.com slash, slash Christmas for more information. <laughs> um, definitely crazy that Christmas is almost here. Yeah, well, just down the hall, uh, Kelly Finglass, the director of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, I was just visiting with her before coming in here for the podcast, and they're putting the final touches, but uh, the cheerleaders, they... I mean, just the regular season schedule is crazy with sure. their rehearsals weeknights, 7 to 10 p.m., but extra, extra time because the of the uh, holiday shows. But I highly recommend it. The main thing is it's free. It's perfect for the family. It's here at the Star in Frisco. It is outdoors in the Tostitos Plaza, which you can't miss it. It's yep. just in front of the Ford Center. But since it is outdoors, make sure you dress accordingly. I was going to uh, say, yeah, too, in big case it's chilly. It's yeah, in case it feels a little Green Bay, you know. Oh, Oh, man. <laughs> oh, very good transition there, Christy. Uh, definitely love that. But, of course, I wanted to get into key moments that impacted this game because there are plenty of, of thoughts and moments you can get into. And, of course, not to say that any moment we talk about solidified anything for the Cowboys. There's multiple things that add up as to every football game with a win or a loss. So just want to preface by saying that. Let's start with that fourth down decision in overtime by Mike McCarthy. Of course, I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that because I have some thoughts of my own, but we'll go around the table, come back to me. Aisha, how did you feel about that fourth down call by Mike McCarthy? Um, I felt like I think I would have – I think I think you had saw some success running the ball to that point. I think um, that maybe was an option, but more than anything – I understood going for it because to that point, unfortunately, your defense had not shown the ability to stop them running the ball. Like, yeah, they were running the ball at will at that point. Now, you, the Cowboys were moving the ball to some degree, but I felt like in that moment it was a split decision. Now, what I was worried about was the fact that Cowboys ran a lot of tempo in this game. And I think tempo yeah. and speeding up the game is something that can be beneficial, but it can also hurt you. Sure. And then in this instance, the Cowboys, it, it felt like they knew that they were going to have a play. And I don't know if, you know, the missed call was such a big deal in that moment. These guys were definitely emotional. I'm sure that you could see that they're visibly upset on the sidelines from the, you know, um, what alleged miscall of the PI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I really thought maybe the guys needed to settle, maybe a timeout right there, maybe rally them in because I felt like they were frazzled getting to the line of scrimmage. And I think the play that happened and the way that that play played out uh, showed that. Sure. There. Christy, how do you feel about that fourth down call by Coach McCarthy? In overtime, I mean – why not go for the field goal there for those that might be wanting to know why that path wasn't taken? I'm, I'm telling you, it was speaking from the being exactly. on the sideline yep. and being standing in it for five hours, six hours already. And that it was getting chillier. The ball Ugh. is heavier yeah. when it's colder. The field was slick. Again, it was not particularly windy, but the ball was not carrying that direction. 
And so I have no problem whatsoever with going for it. Right. Because you have to remember that in the NFL, if it's a missed field goal, the ball was at the 35-yard line. That's the line of scrimmage. So when the long snap comes back and the holder places the ball, it's going to be at the 43-yard line, making it a 53-yard field goal. If Brett Maher misses the kick, then – Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense has the ball at their own 43, and they only need to get about Mm. 30 yards, maybe a little longer. Their kicker has a bad back. But all they needed was a field goal to win if you miss that kick. So I have no problem whatsoever going for it. But what I do have a question about is, remember, it was third and three Mm, at the 35-yard line. So if you know that you're going to have two plays, that you're going to go for it and not kick, then there was an incomplete pass on third down, an incomplete pass on fourth down. Mm -hmm. My question would be, did they know that they were going to have two plays there? And if you did, why didn't you run it on third down? Now, again, that's, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking. So so, so I I don't have uh, an issue with with going for it. But it's like, oh, if you knew you were going to go for it, I wonder why you didn't run on third down. Sure. And you know what I think is very interesting is – Sometimes we forget we can't have our cake and eat it too because all season it felt like there were multiple times already where I saw, again, Cowboys Twitter saying, why didn't Mike McCarthy go for it on fourth down? Why isn't he being more aggressive? There's been multiple times in multiple games that that phrase has been used. So I don't have a problem with the being aggressive and Mike McCarthy going for it, especially with the weather conditions. You even saw Brett Maher putting his foot in front of the heater that was out there on the sideline in Lambeau Field. So, And and I just want to point out that I did talk to Brett and Brian Anger, the punter, uh, before the game. Early, early in warm-ups, this would have been about two hours before kickoff, I asked Brian Anger, hey, how's the field out there? Pretty good. You know, he's he's like, yeah, it's it's actually all right. Well, when I asked Brett about it, it was maybe about 35, 40 minutes before kickoff, maybe about 50 minutes. And he said, I said, How, how's it feeling out there? He said, it's starting to get a little slick. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's the one thing, the uh, one of the most important things in the mechanics of a kicker is that plant foot, which is for Brett Maher, who kicks with his right foot, his left foot is, you know, mm-hmm. can't can't lose the you know, traction with that uh, plant foot. So, again, no, you know, you also saw with the kickoffs there, um, all of them going that direction weren't carrying well throughout the game. So if it were going the other direction, I'm still not sure that they would have tried it from – 53 yards out. But again, I think that goes to the point of if you miss it, you're giving the Packers a short field in overtime and they only need a field goal to win. Sure. And I think a lot of that gets misconstrued too when you're just watching the game as a fan and not necessarily with the reporter goggles on that there's a method behind why things are called the way they are. So going for it on the fourth down, you know, didn't play out like they wanted to, but had it worked probably would have ended the game right then and there. So uh, very interesting to see Mike McCarthy kind of turn the page and be more aggressive. And so my question with that is, was that a, this is a Green Bay, uh, my emotions are high, I'm putting it all on the line kind of moment for Mike McCarthy, or was that just a strategic Mike McCarthy move to go for it on fourth down when the stakes were win or lose at that point? I just think, they needed to go score right there. <laughs> I think he understood. Probably, yes. I think he understood 
and saw what was happening to his defense on the other side of the ball as well, and he wanted to go score. Also, too, I mean, the opportunity was there. I again, I just I didn't know that it was going to be in that way, but I yeah. definitely understood the thinking in it. And for Cowboys fans, especially us, like we've been very used to previous regimes being conservative in those areas. I just think we cannot be hypocritical here in what we're asking for. I just think that there could have been maybe a better, better situational, you know, play calling in that situation. But sure. again, that's just looking back at things and. Hopefully they learn from it. Hindsight <laughs> is always twenty twenty. So I want to flip the page a little bit, too, because, Christy, you mentioned this earlier. The picks that Dak Prescott threw during this game, mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers capitalized on both of which scored, and uh, that essentially kept them in the game. Dak actually talked about this during his postgame press conference and visibly, of course, another frustrated person when talking to media postgame. Dak Prescott said, at this point, the plan is to stick together, make the team better moving forward, time to turn the page. And what I really appreciated out of Dak Prescott in this post-game press conference was how open and honest he was about, we wanted this win for Mike. This was a game that had high stakes, obviously, a win in, in in the division is important, but also... This was a game that I feel like these guys put a lot of pressure on themselves to win for their coach because it was, you know, Mike McCarthy's, I don't want to call it homecoming because obviously he's home now and the star, but, um, you know, his his return and into a place that has a lot of emotional ties for him. And I can see why those players want to ride for him so much. But I really, you know, Dak just said there's no other way to say it. This sucks that we didn't get the win. But Dak Prescott, of course, um, let's see, I had those stats pulled up. Let's look at what Dak did uh, yesterday during the game. He had 265 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions for, let's see, he was 26 of 40, 27, excuse me, of 46, 46 attempts. Say it again. Say 46 attempts. 46 attempts. So there we go. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a whole lot. And so, again, we go back to what Christie's point was earlier of when Dak is being forced, to th- or any quarterback is being forced to throw the ball, that's the that's the run game not being established, which how many times have we seen the same old dance with the same old song of when the run game is not established, you're put in this pinch of a position. And, um, you know, especially just in this kind of set, situation and setting, definitely something to keep an eye on. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Dak's play yesterday, Christy and Aisha. Christy, we'll start with you. How do you think Dak looked in the grand scheme of things? And uh, going forward, what is something you expect to see from him? I have total faith in Dak moving forward, but he did not have a good day yesterday. And and I'm not just talking about the two uh, interceptions. That one in the red zone was a killer. I mean, they could have put a knife in uh, Green Bay and, uh, you know, didn't do it. But And there's arguments of, hey, you know, CD's got to cut that. You know, you can't let the defender get in front of you. And then Dalton Schultz on the one in the end zone. So, But I'm just talking about some of the other passes where he just – he was not sharp yesterday, even on some of the completions, you know, the smoke out to Michael Gallup. Put it where the guy can catch it and keep running instead of reaching back and reaching down uh, to do it. And that's one thing – like with Aaron Rodgers – I mean, oh my gosh. It, Christian Watson had a great game, a real coming out party. Yeah. But here's the thing those ball, the passes just hit him right in stride. That one to Sammy Watkins, right in between the numerals. Oh, you you're know, I mean, about that back shoulder. The back shoulder yeah. one. And so it's not just completions, 
it's making it friendly. You talk about receivers being quarterback friendly. Well, quarterbacks, they can throw open their receivers, but it's also exactly the placement of the pass where they can catch it in stride and keep running. And so that's what you saw on those long touchdowns yesterday from Aaron Rodgers, just the pinpoint precision. Uh, and Dak yesterday, he just – he wasn't on t- – now, he did have some beautiful throws too, you know. So yeah. so I can point to a handful of those. But um, there, even early in the game, it's just it, – he just wasn't sharp. It didn't look like – I'm just, again, talking about from the field level, and it's something we were talking about on the Cowboys radio broadcast, Brad Sham and Babe Loffenberg and I. Even Babe, you know, his eight years as a – a quarterback in the NFL, he's saying, like, man, it's that ball doesn't seem to be coming out of Dak's hand uh, right today, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I just uh, feel I'm disappointed for Dak, and you, you could see and sense the frustration, and as you yeah. referred, uh, it was coming through in the postgame uh, press conference as well. Yeah, it was definitely a gradual thing because I felt like even Aaron Rodgers, it took him a couple of drives to – to get the feel for the ball, it was coming out of his hand, hands weird too. I don't know if that has to do anything with the weather change. But I will say that in regard to this offense, um, slow starts have hurt them. They've hurt them multiple times. And yeah. unfortunately, this is one of the times where they getting off to a slow start, I think, is what put them in a place to where they had to – they started passing the ball more or whatever the case may be. Now – I think the second drive, it was a second, it was in the second uh, quarter, like midway through the second quarter, they had that big drive where they scored and uh, CD had the, the dope catch and he fought to the you know end zone. They started getting going from there, but there's just inconsistency, which you were yeah. saying. Yeah. And yeah. that's, and that's what, what's up? Well, no, I'm, I'm just, I want to point out when they started doing well like that, you mentioned the word earlier tempo Tracking. it's when they yes. went tempo yes yes and and so you noted that early I was mildly surprised that they didn't go tempo earlier it's those sooner. first couple of drives mm-hmm. because what happened was that first quarter they completely wasted good field position oh absolutely. I mean they're, they're scoring drives were the long ones when they were backed up you know yeah. and, and and but they they didn't take advantage early um or late <laughs> some of the good field position they have but but it's to your point I just wanted to reinforce yeah. what you said in the second quarter tempo makes a big difference yeah and it's just um with this offense right now that the the communication is is sounds like it's a problem or it's obviously it's led to to turnovers it led to turnovers twice like we're both uh, the players are, are coming out speaking out you know there was just miscommunication there there was clearly miscommunication there they're also too on that um the last play the last fourth down play like you see mm. that the offensive lineman somebody didn't pick up somebody that needs to be picked up there and you had a free runner to the quarterback there on that on the last game mm-hmm. you know the last play yeah. on down so yeah. I think that this offense has to to get with each other and, and communicate better because, I, like I said, that's that's been um, it's starting to lead to turnovers. And also, I think that this offense is a tone offense. And the way that they ran, I think they ran the ball well in certain spots, but the way that they ran the ball yesterday was not authoritative. It yeah. was not let's dominate the line of scrimmage, go downhill, and physically wear on these gentlemen. It was. It, it worked. It worked, but I don't know if Green Bay's defense was worn down at the sure. end of this game or anything like that to break open the offense and for you to 
get a feel or a rhythm of the game. And I think that was the difference. And a couple of things, too, to that point. When Mike McCarthy was talking about the two interceptions, he said it boils down to two things, route adjustments and timing issues with the Cowboys' offense, which yeah, goes back to your point, miscommunications uh, at its finest. And in this case cost them a game. I wanted to break down how the scoring worked in this game. So, of course, the first quarter, 0-0 at the end of the first. The second, 14-14. Um, it looked like for both of the teams, uh, both the Packers and the Cowboys, of course. Uh, the third quarter, Packers didn't score anything. So this has been another topic of conversation. The Cowboys had that 14-point lead mm. in the third quarter that they just could not hang on to because, of course, in the fourth quarter, the Packers scoring 14, Cowboys scoring nothing, which led to the demise, the 31-28 the loss. And you know what's interesting, too, is we talk about the one-two punch of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott every week on this podcast, almost every day. At this point, do you think that having Zeke in this game would have maybe impacted, like you said, Aisha, making more of a dominant stance with that run than than it did yesterday during the game? Well, I think that's, it starts with your offensive line, but I will say that, like, I can't explain it. I can't really put my finger on it, but watching the game, there were certain instances where I was like, dang it, where's Zeke at? Yeah. And it wasn't, and it, again, it's not. it wasn't a knock to... It's just the fact that when you see how hard Dylan was running at them and then Aaron Jones comes in there and he's slippery, but he has some physicality. We've seen it multiple times. This is kind of the norm in the NFL now is that most teams have the one-two punch. And even though Malik Davis came in and did some good things, I think Tony Pollard has physicality to him. That that The line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball yesterday was not physical enough to me. And I think that one of the tone setters – for that is Ezekiel Elliott and I so I can't explain it yeah but I feel like a little bit in some way I was like I there were multiple times yesterday I was like maybe Zeke would have clipped him yeah Zeke would have tore yeah. him up he would have dipped his shoulder but that's maybe just being unfair but yeah and I think a lot of it too is this is a case usually when we talk on this podcast about stats it's of course stats are important but they don't always tell the full story of Say what that. actually happened Say that. so when you're looking at these stats Tony Pollard, 22 touches on the ball. He had 115 rushing yards. He averaged 5.2 yards a carry. Malik Davis had five touches on the ball. For 38 yards, he averaged 7.6 yards a carry. You usually look at that when Zeke and Zeke is healthy and, and in the game. It's kind of opposite. It, it almost felt like Tony Pollard took the Zeke role with this game and was trying to wear down that defense as much as he possibly could. But to me, I think giving Malik Davis maybe more of those touches all goes back to the third down efficiency. Give him the chance to touch the ball if you had the opportunity to give him the ball more if you weren't not efficient on the third down conversions there. Something, too, in this postgame package um, that Christy had sent to us so kindly. Always sends us these uh, amazing things. Um, it said the Cowboys opening touchdown drive in the second quarter was 17 plays long. And I know y'all know which drive I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful, cohesive football at its finest. The last time the Cowboys had at least a 17-play drive that ended in a score was in 2020 against Arizona. Uh, that is a long time ago, oh, really, when you look at it now, uh, when the Cowboys ran 18 plays in a drive that ended with a touchdown. So you have the chemistry. Mm. You have all of the right ingredients when you're doing things like this. But you look at those 17 drives. What what were the Cowboys doing that just magically worked. They're running the ball. 
Well, they're also not shooting themselves in the foot. There you go. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> preach it. Well, say that. We say it every week, and I'm sorry to be redundant, but in the NFL, really any level of football, generally the team that wins the game is the one that makes the fewest mistakes. Mm. And by that we mean penalties as well as as uh, turnovers. And so, I'm, I'm glad you're talking penalties because we have plenty to talk about on the defensive side of the ball as well. I want to get into that before we run out of time. I just checked the time, didn't realize how much we have been talking. So let's go ahead and cut to break. We're going to talk about the Cowboys' run defense and uh, – what needs work in terms of that, as well as a few other key moments of this game coming up after this break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to Girls Talk, a boys talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are talking all things Cowboys defense, breaking down that side of things from the Cowboys loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. But first, let's talk about holiday camps. Tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one day football and dance academy camps are now open for those little ones. Don't miss your chance to send your athlete to camp at AT&T Stadium on December 20th and 21st register today at dallascowboys.com slash academy and use the code xmas25 to get 25 dollars off y'all know i love a good discount code we know so, love to put the plug in for that discount we know code. but <laughs> 25 dollars that can get you a lot all right don't even start
start with me. $25. Do you know how many coffees that can get me this week? The coupon queen. I love, love a good deal. But you know what I don't love? I don't love what we saw with the Cowboys run defense <laughs> yesterday. Um, ouch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, adding salt to the wound, I feel like, there for everybody today. But let's get into it. Because obviously the Cowboys' lack of run defense was a very big part of this game. It played a very big part in the Cowboys' loss, but so did other things from the defense that, Aisha, we are talking about during the break. So let's get into that. The Cowboys' defense. Let me pull up some stats. And, I mean, really, these are the same things, the same kind of issues we've been talking about with the Cowboys' defense for weeks now. You talked about the lack of the run defense, which has been their kryptonite, if you will, Really, when you look at this Dan Quinn defense, it's it's their kryptonite. So, Aisha, when you went back to watch this game or even just when you were watching it, what is something you noticed from this run defense that was essentially lacking maybe more for this game than other games or just something that looked about the same that ended up shooting themselves in the foot? Tackling. There you go. Tackling. Um, just tackling and the swarm to the ball, the intensity to the ball. I just feel well, I saw is is different right now and um guys are trying to make the play and not making their play and it's just a it's a constant thing right now I understand that also too on this defense you have a lot of gentlemen on this defense that are trying to prove what they are and what they're capable of and this is not the right way to do it like it's just it's just not the way, right way to do it. You got to play for the guy next to you. You got to hold your gap. You got to hold your block. You got to do what you got to do to play as a collective. And I just don't see that. Like, there are instances, and there's instances in the game where you do, where they all swarm to the ball. And you can even see it on tape on all 22. They all move with one step. And that's how you know. But then there's times you see, and a guy's late to a step or a guy isn't going in the opposite direction, or there's a stunt, and you're supposed to rap, and you don't rap. You're going after the ball. Like, it's, sure. it's um, these gentlemen are going to have to look each other, look themselves in the mirror and look at each other and decide, like, do we want to be a good a defense, a good all-around defense, or do we want to just get to the quarterback? And I understand, I understand all of the other stuff that goes with it, but that's what we're looking for. I, this this Cowboys defense has to play more discipline, contain, and play better for each other as a collective. Great point there. And Christy, I wanted to ask you as far as the Cowboys tackling, like we were just talking about, what did you notice from the sidelines with the tackling? Was again, we're here to clarify anything and and just kind of pick things as they are. Mm-hmm. Was weather an issue in that? Was was that an issue with grip or, or what? No. What do you think that boils no, down I, to? No, I think there were a couple times where in the secondary, uh, in particular, you can see it a little easier. Uh, it's more easy to see exposed in the secondary where guys will slip and uh, lose a step, like Deron Bland did uh, at that key time. But I mean, I can give you some good examples. I can see in my mind's eye that. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong setting a strong edge mm-hmm. and them, you know, a good play there. But there were there were other times where they were allowing the edge. And mm. and when Aaron Jones runs 12 yards for a touchdown uh, on the left side yeah. and has time to dive in and pose and Marshawn Lynch it in 
on a 12-yard run. Dude. You know, yeah, that was uh, that was wide open there. But um, my concern moving forward this week, uh, really the, the main injury report that I did on the sideline yesterday was about Anthony Brown. Mm-hmm. So the Cowboys starting cornerback, it was at about the five-minute mark in the second quarter. It was the Christian Watson, one of Christian Watson's one three yeah. uh, touchdown catches. But it, uh, that's when Anthony suffered a concussion and did not return to the game. And we'll find out more from Coach McCarthy later today. And we probably won't know more about Anthony's status for the game at Minnesota until late in the week. But Anthony is in concussion protocol. And so going going against... What Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and you're down and you're you're already without Jordan Lewis and so Bland is your um, slot corner. The other yeah. thing is yesterday one of the inactives was uh, Nishan Wright, mm-hmm. the backup yeah. cornerback. So the only other once Anthony left the game, uh, really the only available backup cornerback would have been C.J. Goodwin if there had been another injury uh, at that position. So uh, kind of a domino effect going down. And so for Kelvin Joseph came in. Right. But what happens with that is Kelvin Joseph was taken off Gunner on punt coverage. Gunner's the guys out wide because they're having to play deep. They're having to play Mm -hmm. since he's playing more on defense. We need to save him and not, you know, have him expend all this energy on special teams. So and you saw it in special teams because what uh, Rayshon Nixon went for 103 yards and five, five, you know, returns. And uh, we talked about hidden yardage. You know, that's. That's 103 yards, and then yeah. you have another 83 from penalty. Like, special teams, like, is was important in this game, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to say one more thing about uh, hidden yardage, and I think we referenced it a couple weeks ago, but uh, Coach Parcells, Bill Parcells, the Hall of Fame coach, would always say that uh, 100 hidden yards is the equivalent of six points, so mm. basically a touchdown. Yep. So. Yep. No, there you go. Well, and something, too, that I, I want to mention before we start to wrap things up is you're talking about tackling, Aisha. A lot of tackling forward, helping get more yardage to the Packers. Oh, my goodness. Ab- absolutely driving me insane with the tackling forward. Yeah. And that was, uh, mm-hmm. was just very noticeable early on even, mm-hmm. I think, early early on and I wrote it in my notes and I circled it with a bunch of question marks because that's not something we've seen from this defense in a few weeks it was something that was corrected so there is that we have so much more to talk about but unfortunately we are fresh out of time 45 minutes flies by when I'm talking uh boys with you amazing women here so with that being said we will be back tomorrow to break down this game even more get into it of course uh before we turn the page looking ahead to the vikings this weekend thank you ladies so much for joining us today for christy for aisha for jess this has been girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys stay tuned for mike mccarthy's press conference coming up real soon This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?